Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. PJ, thank you, worship team. Everybody doing good this morning? Wow, sounds like uh, Fayetteville last, last night, I guess. I don't know. How are we feeling this morning, everybody? I'm just saying, listen, I know we're used to losing, but we're on a winning team this morning. How are we doing, everybody? We're on a winning team. All right, good deal. Yes, uh, I'm excited to preach this morning. Uh, we are going to look at controlling people, but mixed in with this idea of people control us because we allow them to. Am I speaking to anybody in the room today? Uh, listen to me. I am preaching. I asked PJ for this one specifically because, listen to me, I am the world's worst people pleaser. Okay? Ooh, I just struck a nerve with some people. <laughs> That's fun. All right. I am the world's worst people pleaser, and y'all just made me feel like I was the only person that's a people pleaser, and I know some of you really well, okay? So we're going we're gonna to look at this idea of how people can suck the life out of us uh, because we give up control because we're people pleasers and because really we're getting away from God's purpose and plan for our life, and we're allowing other people to rob us of his plan for us. Are y'all with me this morning? All right, so how many of y'all know a control freak? <laughs> Don't look at the person sitting next to you. Don't do that, okay? We're not here, we're not here for that this morning, okay? All right, but here's the, here's, the, here's the two greatest weapons when we start thinking about that and how we as people, ple- people pleasers fall vulnerable to some things. Is there's two things that really happen here right off the bat that I can think of is there's threats that are made, right? And there's also guilt tripping. So threats and guilt. Can I tell y'all uh, a, a, a quick story of my past in, in, my, in my life? I had a wonderful grandmother uh, we called her Nan. That was her name. And Nan <laughs> was a control freak, okay? And I'm talking about like needed medicine, OCD, control freak, okay? Uh, she literally, we, we had a key to her house, and I would play pranks on her when I was able to, to drive as a teenager because her house was, was right smack dab in the middle of, of, of Sheridan, Okay, and so I would, I would drive to her house after school or something when I know she wasn't home or, or whatever, and I would go in and, lo- and let myself in. She was, a, she was a smoker, and so one of the things that I knew, if I moved it just a centimeter to the left, she would know. And it was, it was hilarious. So I would go in, I'd move some stuff around, or I would, I mean, I'm, I'm, guys, I'm, I'm serious. When I mean inches, I'm talking about, I mean, I'm just moving it like that. She would come in and she would call me because she knew I'd been in there. That's how much of a control freak she was. She knew what everything was, everything had a place, everything needed to be exactly what it was. But you know what Nan used as an attack really for me a lot of times and me being a people pleaser? She would guilt trip the mess out of me. Oh my goodness, okay? Let me tell you, she would give treatment. I, I could not say no to Nan for the longest time. She's like, have I ever missed one of your ball games? 
Well, well, no, no, ma'am, you've never. Well, can't you just do this one thing for me that I'm asking you to do? I've never missed anything of yours. I helped you buy. You remember that truck you're driving? I helped buy that thing for you. Yes, ma'am, I know, I know. Right. Yes, yes, I, I, I'll do that, I know. And my favorite one, one of the things that she would uh, do very consistently, she would remind me, you know, when I would say, well, Nan, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of busy. I have some things that I need to do, or I've got stuff. I was very involved in, in extracurricular activities, stuff like that. Well, man, she would just harp on it. Her biggest go-to was this. She, was, <laughs> she would say, she was like, listen, listen here, Mr. Busy, Okay. <clears throat> she, would, she would say, I went to college single. And I was like, okay, so does everybody, you know? <laughs> Point. No, well, oh, no, I'm not done. Yeah. No, I went to college married. I went to college married. But not only that, but I went to college married with one child. And, I then, and then, oh, you know what? I went to college married with two kids. I was like, how much college do you need? And she said, oh, I'm not even done there. I was divorced, raising two kids on my, by myself going to college. I mean, you talking about guilt, trip the mess out of you. But that's what happens, right? So many times we allow people to come in, step in, use these factors, right? They try to take control of our life. And if you're a people pleaser like myself, a lot of times you give in, even if you don't have time and you know that it's maybe a good thing, but it's not the God thing that you need to be focusing on at the time. And so that's what we're really gonna try to look at today. And I wanna look at this passage because I think we get a really uh, interesting perspective when we look at this passage in Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 24. If you would, read it with me. It says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him, saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So when we are people-pleasing people, <laughs> a lot of the things that we do is we allow people that, uh, to take control of our life. And so what do we need to do? We've got three things I'm going to look at with you this morning. So lean in with me here for about 15, 20 minutes, and we'll get through these three points with me, okay? First point, number one, know what you are called to do. Know what you are called to do. We see this very clearly right off the bat there in verse 21. Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly what his purpose of God was, what he was supposed to do. He was, he was saying, I will be killed, but on the third day, I will be raised from the dead. Jesus is clearly to his disciples and to us today acknowledging what his purpose was, what his goal was. This is what his focus needed to be. But, our focus and our, our, our callings are a little bit different from Jesus. Can I share maybe what really my calling for my life needs to be? I can recognize these things, and some of you may recognize these things as well. My calling 
in my life is to be a good husband to my wife, Kayla. Right? I need to be a good husband to her. I need to be a good dad to Slater. I really do try. Okay, if y'all know Slater, I know he's a handful. He's awesome. But I, I, it's, it's my responsibility, all right? It's my responsibility to be his dad, okay? My other, my other calling on my life is to preach God's word, but to be specifically called here to this church, to be the student pastor of the student ministry, right, and to win souls for the kingdom of heaven. Those are, those are my callings. That's what I identify. And so everything I do really needs to be anchored in those. Like if that's my purpose and God's calling my life, then those things need to take precedent in what I say yes to. You with me? Some people were with me. Okay. All right. But what about your calling? That's my calling. But what about your calling? Have you identified what your calling is? What is God calling you to do? What's your purpose that you need to focus on? That way, when, when the control freaks come at you, you won't be susceptible to just pleasing people and that you can fall in God's design. Maybe, maybe for you, teenagers, you just need to be the best student that you can possibly be in the season of life you're in. You need to focus on school. You need to do what you need to do, right? You need to focus on that. Maybe, maybe it's God's calling you to the mission field and you're fighting it and battling it. Maybe, maybe he's, he's wanting you to lead worship or maybe God just wants you uh, to sign up for trunk or treat, Right? Y'all like that? <laughs> See, and we, we get in this, this habit of we think that these purposes and these callings and this season of life we're in is they have to be so extraordinary that we never allow God in the season of life we're in to define them for us. And then we're so confused and we're walking, you know, wandering around. We have no purpose and goal. So when the people come that control us, we're not letting God control our ways. We're letting them control our ways. So, what's my problem? I'm a people pleaser. I'm, I'm admitting that to you this morning. I'm a, I'm a people pleaser, and, and if I can, let me just tell you, my, my last church, uh, it was really, it was, it was tough. It was, it was difficult, and there was, there was about a three-week period where we lost our full-time secretary, our full-time lead pastor, and our full-time lead worship leader, all in about three to four weeks. So, what did yes-pleasing, people-pleasing Shane do? Well... <laughs> On a typical Sunday morning, Shane would lead at least one Sunday school class, sometimes two. Shane would lead worship, sometimes from behind the pul uh, pulpit, sometimes behind the drum kit, all right? Then Shane would come out from behind there. He'd come behind the pulpit. He'd welcome everybody and say, let's get into the Word, and then I'd preach a sermon, right? And then I would do, you know, if I needed to do hospital visits, if I needed to uh, get ready for Wednesday night, I was doing that. And so why did I do that? Because I felt like that's what I needed to do because that's what I was getting paid for, right? That's what the enemy was using as a tactic, like, hey, this is your responsibility. When in fact, I was just trying to please everybody and hold things together, right? The fact is, is I was a people pleaser and I was more willing to sacrifice time with my wife, more willing to sacrifice time with my family, more willing to sacrifice time with the student ministry, which is what I was called to do at that church. I was sacrificing those things and they were not, do, they, were, they were distracting me, right? All these other things were distracting me from what God's actual purpose was for me. Now, all those things that I mentioned to you, even printing the bulletin, those are all good things, Right? 
leading worship, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with those things. But I love how our pastor, PJ, he says this all the time. He says, sometimes you have to say no to good things so that you can say yes to God things. Now, with me this morning, church, that is powerful. And in this case, when, when, when we hear something like that, in this case, it's his calling in our life that we should be saying yes to. But if we're too busy people-pleasing, we're not going to have room to please him. So we have got to really, really take hold of this. Listen to this. This one got me this week. This one got me this week. People-pleasing is a form of idolatry. Putting people's opinions of you ahead of God's calling for you. It's idolatry. And I would have never, I would, I've never looked at it from that perspective, but I'm telling you, that really convicted me this week because I'm just like, you know, hey, I do pretty good on these first commands. Of course, I put God first, but man, I never realized that a lot of times because I'm a people pleaser at heart and because it's a struggle that I have, that a lot of times it's, it's idolatry. Why? Because I'm trying to please people instead of trying to please God who's called me to a greater purpose. And see, that's for my life, but what about you? See, what the enemy would like for me to think is like, Shane, you're on an island all by yourself. That nobody else is dealing with those things. That's just your problem. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of us in this room, if not all of us, deal with this on a week and day-to-day basis. Right? We just have a problem with people-pleasing. So the second thing we need to look at, we need to remember today is know, know when someone is trying to control you. Look at what happens here again as we look back at this story with Peter. He says, but Peter took him aside, gathers Jesus, says, began to reprimand him saying such things, heaven forbid, Lord, this will never, never happen to you. See, Peter he wasn't understanding the whole story, but he was, he was trying to step in and take control. And you know what? The good thing is, is that Jesus, who we need, to, uh, who we need to, 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 to really follow here, who we need to put our trust in here, he's gonna give us a good example of this. But a lot of times what someone would do is they come in and they take control of the situation. And a lot of times we just kind of follow suit because a lot of times when that happens, we're looking for someone to guide us and lead us out of something that's hard or difficult. And so that's sometimes when we don't define what those good God plans are for our life, it leaves ourselves vulnerable to be taken away. And when people do step in and they start to control you, the people pleasing in you allows you to be distracted. And so Peter steps in, he's gonna say today, he's like, no, sir, not you, Jesus, not you. And Peter, if you remember, Peter's the one that got it. When Jesus asked him, he said, who, who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Lord. You are God. Peter got it. But in here, in this instance, he missed it. Why? Why did Peter try to control Jesus? Because Peter didn't understand God's plan. See, if we, if I don't understand God's plan for my life, I can allow people to control me. And if you don't allow Jesus to be the one leading you in your life, and you don't have your God plan set ahead of you, you will allow people to control you instead of Jesus. Okay, so know when people are trying to control you. Know. 
Because uh, the, the, the third thing that we really need to do today, and this is the last thing we're going to look at, it says know when to draw a line in the sand. Look at this. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Here, Jesus draws a clear line in the sand. He Obviously, he is not saying that Peter is Satan. And let, let me just take a pause here for a moment. I am not telling you, okay, to go and tell people who are trying to control you to call them Satan. That is not happening here, okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> what I am saying, what I am saying, what Jesus is doing here is he's taking an opportunity to draw a line in the sand and say, I know what my plans are. And I don't care if you're one of my best friends or one of my greatest disciples, God's plan is better than yours. So you gotta know when it's time to draw a line in the sand. Because what happens here? Let's just, let's just hypothetically look at this situation. Okay, y'all with me? What happens if Peter takes control and Jesus allows it? What if Jesus people pleases here? I can tell you what happens. If Jesus people pleases here in this moment right here, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't go with the soldiers. Jesus doesn't go to the cross. Jesus doesn't die for our sins. And he doesn't raise from the dead so that me and you can live for eternity with him. If Jesus gives in to someone else's plans, instead of what he knows his plan is to do, you and I are lost without hope. But because Jesus knew that, he's setting us a precedent of how to deal with controlling people, especially people who are vulnerable to pleasing people. He sets this up for us and he takes the control back and he says, no, get behind me. This is a dangerous trap to me. Then he goes on to explain that you're seeing it from a human, human point of view, not from God's point of view. That's why it's important to have that relationship with Jesus, knowing what it is that God is calling you to do. The relationships you have, you've created them. You've really allowed them. And whether it's through your marriage or with your parents, your children, your friends, all of the relationships that you have, we have all allowed how those relationships are going. So what do we need to do if we need to start to draw a line in the stand? Well, if you don't like what you have, change what you expect and what you accept. Okay, I'm gonna read that again. If you don't like what you have, change what you expect and what you accept. Listen, this one struck a chord with me because so often uh, my expectations and some of the things that, that I give into because I'm not, uh, or excuse me, because I am giving in to pleasing people instead of pleasing the Lord. So many times I have created my own monster of relationships. Am I the only one in here today? I don't think so, right? We all sometimes, we create these monsters and these relationships we have in our lives because we've allowed people to take control of our life little by little, step by step, and day by day. We've allowed them to take control of our life. And when we allow that, these relationships are going to turn over into where they're going to take control of God's plan for your life. And so when that happens, what needs to happen, you need to draw a line in the sand. 
and you need to have a different expectation and you need to change what you accept from people. Notice how Jesus ends this, and, and Jerry's going to come forward. We're going to get ready for a, a time for all of us to come and make a decision this morning. So if we look here at the, very, at the very last bit here in verse 24, look at what Jesus says here. He says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Listen to me. When you follow Jesus, you are not in control. When you follow Jesus, you are not in control. He is. When you follow Jesus, you you need to step out and say, you know, I'm no longer going to do the things that I do because it makes people around me happy, even though it drains the life out of me. I'm not going to, I I can't no longer allow these things to happen because when I do it, it's taking me away from what God has designed me to do in this season of my life. And you're the one that has to figure that out between you and God. What is it that God is drawing you to in this season of life because that's going to change the way you allow people to come beside you and help you or control you get you away from that plan. See, when you follow Jesus, you lay down control. You lay down all the guilt that comes your way. You lay down all of the threats and you lay down people pleasing. Because if we can't lay down people pleasing, if we can't lay down all of these threats that come our way, all the guilt, all all of these things, if you can't lay that down at Jesus' feet, We will always continue to please people because the scripture is very clear. You cannot serve two masters. And what does Jesus say you have to do? He says, you got to give something up. If you want to be my follower, you must give up what? Your own way. And your own way right now may be that, you know what? And And what makes me happy right now is just pleasing people. Or maybe it just makes you extremely sad, but you just don't know how to get out of it. Lay it down. Lay it down. You say, well, it's not that simple, Shane. It really is. Today, you draw a line in the sand. Today, you say, get back from me, you evil, evil plans that are distracting me from what God wants to do in my life. And today, I'm going to figure out what that is. You want to lay down your own way and you want to pick up your cross and you want to follow Jesus, you got to lay down your own way and your pound of flesh every single day. Good thing is we're here gathered together. There's altars up here and you can start your week off right now. Praying, boldly asking the Father who can take all of that away from you right now. He can take it away. You can pick up your cross and you can follow him and you can lay down pleasing people and get out of this idea of letting people control you and allow God to guide you. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. 
And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.